Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, sorry it's been a long time. You know, besides my random movie review posts, um, getting back in the swing of things. I keep saying that, but nah, for real. Um, this is an episode that I recorded last year with my friend uh Joey Osilio talking about the uh ten year anniversary of the Dark Knight. Um, I was working on this for a while. I lost like the intro file for this, so this is an all new intro. Then oh, a bunch of things with like my computer and stuff stopped me um, from basically releasing. It's a two part release. Uh, we talk about some of the impact and and, and um, basically just thinking about um, the Dark Knight. He recently, at the time, saw it again because they put it back out in theaters. I think they put it back out there again recently. Um, we also talk about how it, you know, compares the contrast to the juggernaut of Marvel currently, because at the time in which it was originally released, Iron Man was also released that year. And that was the beginning, but we're 10, 11 years in and the landscape completely changed. Uh, we talk about some of the retro revisionist history along the lines of the merits of Nolan's work on this film and this film in terms of how it fits into the current or in the time superhero narrative within film and what it's trying to say versus what superhero movies are saying currently or have been since then, or most likely really post at least a dark Knight rises. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, for the few people who still listen, I know there's there's a few, and um, I want to give thanks to uh, my Patreon subscribers. You know, I have a few. I appreciate you. I'm not going to put your names out. You know, if if you guys are cool with that, you can tell me in Patreon. Um, for everybody who listens, who might listen, it will help to you know share. Um, also to leave reviews on Apple Pat, Apple Podcasts. Um, for those who might listen to this on the site or anywhere, it's on like Spotify, it's on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, of course, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of different places you can listen to it. Um, I need to update some things like Mixcloud and such. That'll be happening soon. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try to do more, uh, movie review shorts. We'll see how that works out. Sometimes I get tired after writing reviews to then again record it. Man, that's a lot. Uh, hopefully I sound better. I got a new mic. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm also on a show called Culture Trapping. Give that a listen. And I hope you enjoy. I think I said that a couple times. So peace. All right. <clears throat> been a long time. I know, man. It's been a while. Yeah, two two plus years, right? Yeah, like, man. Because we were talking about like 2015 movies or something like that the last yeah. time. Something like that. Oh man, how you been? Uh, I've been better. <laughs> been uh, a shitty two years. <laughs> I uh, I understand that sentiment. I understand yeah. it completely. That is not lost on me. That is my feelings yeah. right now, myself. Uh. <laughs> Well, so, there was some, some some positives was I did get to see this movie like twice 
on IMAX the last week. So mm. I was like, you're like one of the few people. I was like, all right, you get why this is such a big deal. Yeah, I and saw like, that was, It was good. There was I, a. So there was uh there was a lot of like okay it was like the 10th anniversary i was expecting i don't know why i was expecting like oh now people are like really gonna get this movie and of course not really it was the same old shit but i was like ever since the the 10th anniversary i was like i gotta talk to you because you'll like you get i think why i think you more than most people get why this like why this movie is important and i think people have talked ad nauseum about it but i always feel like they talk around like what's actually interesting about it if that makes sense yeah, man, it's, um, I was thinking about this yesterday because I knew I was going to talk to you because, um, you know, they just also recently started talking about the 20th anniversary of Blade, right? Mm-hmm. So like Blade, you could say started the modern superhero movie thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you get to 2008, which is the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's also like. You know, the Dark Knight comes out, and that's, like, the part in the middle where, like, everything changes. It's like, uh, for me... It's I know like a lot of people end. say, like you said, the Blade, like, you know, Blade kind of kicks off that. You know, unofficially, I guess. It kind of gets recognized more as starting that a couple yeah. of years later. Yeah, um, yeah. But, like, I always feel like Blade to, I guess, like, Spider-Man 3 is kind of like an era. Yes. Like, that's yes. about 10-year era right there. Yeah. Uh, and I put Batman Begins as like, well, you know, to me like that. I love Batman. It's actually my personal favorite of these. Like I have just such a sentimental attachment to it. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's not, you know, it's not a radical superhero movie. It's, you know, it's it's the really good version of like a straight ahead superhero origin. And like it fits right in with the Raimi Spider-Mans, all that stuff. Yeah. It was still different enough that people were like, hey, this is kind of interesting. Or, I haven't quite seen this before, but it wasn't quite it wasn't the shock to the system that the dark knight was and like i was trying to piece i'm like okay if that ends that era and supposedly you know iron man and dark knight come out the same summer and that's supposed to stop i'm like well, what exactly is because like nothing really because you always hear that people are like oh it inspired all these copycats i'm still like looking as to what these movies are that even like attempted to do what this movie did <laughs> uh like <laughs> it, yeah it's like it's um i think this was the point in which we saw people start calling things dark instead of instead of things having (laughs) wait like uh stakes themes and ideas and the problem i have when i checked out the marvel cinematic universe around uh ant-man right because of Mm -hmm. my Oh, you own, made it longer than I did. My own, I checked out, my own I checked stuff. out at Avengers, <laughs> <laughs> which really is the point where I started getting. I was oh, like, man, I'm not so, built for this. Remember, we used to go on Sean's show, and people would write us like hate uh-huh. mail. Yeah, like you guys are fucking assholes and whatever. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm just telling you what I think. I don't know what else to say. I can't I can't say these things are great. I can't do it. I just can't do it. it, it it's like. <laughs> It's just like people started like these ideas are almost like if it isn't a simple idea in the movie, it's dark. If there's if there's moral moral If it's shot battles. by someone who knows how to light a scene, it's a dark. Okay. Now that's not even talking about the craft of making a, a, a film just basically within the story. Like it asks you questions 
about society and about people in society that nothing else sits. Even the Dark Knight Rises, which I still enjoy, made me cry. Yeah, I love it. I don't. I think it's <laughs> flawed. It's flawed, but yeah. I, I do think it's a really interesting movie. It's uh, it's nothing like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, but like the dark. It's like I didn't go to see it again in the theaters during this this new run. But like I've I still it comes on cable and I just let it go. Like it's not something I haven't seen since. Like I still watch it on a regular basis from front to back. And just thinking like, dang, like, like it's yeah. It's even it if grows. it's on like you know a censored you know like TBS or something, and I just happen to be in a room and it's on. Like I'll just kind of stop and go, oh shit, it's over. Like I wound up watching the whole thing. You know, like it's uh-huh, not. Yeah, it's like wow. Even like oh yeah, I could go put the Blu-ray on, but it's like if it's in front of me, I'm just gonna stop and be like okay. Yeah, man. It could be like at a Seven Eleven. It could be playing on a TV, and I'll have to like look at it, watch it for a couple of minutes. I know. I need to get that five minutes in. And be like, all right, I'm gonna <laughs> leave now. Like, oh, that was a that was a good shot. It's it's it makes it makes me nostalgic because it's like he was they were trying to do something. And then well, like, for a everybody minute, missed for the a point. Minute, <laughs> and not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, but but for a minute. And not just – this goes beyond comic book movies. I think – I feel this way just about film in general like now because like I watch this now. I'm like there is nothing operating at this level, especially in the main – even the indie indie movies now are so – like they're just kind of like little versions of like what Hollywood used to make. Mm -hmm. Like I don't see much like – holy shit. I don't see much like aesthetically happening in a cave. I'm not saying there's all – I'm not saying all movies are terrible. I'm not going to jump on a limb like that. I'm just saying that like – Nothing excites me to the level like I think what you're hitting on it's like this movie when this came out it felt like you could do anything it's like oh fucking game is open man yeah who's gonna who's gonna take this ball now and run with it and the answer is like nobody really did or and again I'm not saying like everybody is allowed to I guess too like I mean like I think it was just a really I think no one was just there at the right time where like he he just they just gave him the keys and he they nobody was watching and let him do what he wanted it happened to be a huge fucking movie. Like it could it could end in a very different way, but like I still feel like there's other people at that level, and like they don't, I don't know. Everything just feels so safe, and it feels more like I used to say that about movies back then, but now it's like even more. I'm just like, <laughs> why am I even watching this? It's just like it's the same fucking shit. I know right where it's going. Like this was like I remember seeing this, um, and I guess we'll get to like okay, like well, what do you remember like when you first saw it and stuff? But yeah. like I remember seeing this in the IMAX the night the midnight show. And I've still never had – I've never seen an audience react. Like this thing was already legend already before it came out. Yes. Like I remember when the, the, the scene, you know, where the Joker walks into, you know, the mob boss room, you know, mm-hmm. and he's joking. I remember it got a round of applause. Like <laughs> people were ready. It was like a concert. Like I still never felt anything like this. I mean I felt it a little bit maybe when I've seen the movie again with an audience. But like that first night – and it was – because, like, the first half of the movie, it, it, it operates pretty much within the realm. Like, if you had saw Batman Begins, it wasn't – it was still, like, operating at that level. People were comfortable. They were having a good time. Because people like to say the movie is, oh, it's it's so dark. And it's not. The movie is mm. pretty funny. It's got a lot of yeah. jokes. It's not – and it moves at, like, a really fast clip. It's not laborious or anything like that. And for, like, almost two-and-a-half-hour movie, that's a real accomplishment. It just – it moves – like, I haven't – it's paced at a really interesting way. Um, and – 
there's a there's a point in the movie where it hits where people were like, what? Like, wait a minute, like, what is this now? And you felt it in the you felt like the audience becoming uncomfortable during it. Like, wait a minute, this is going like a little bit further than I thought. Like, what's going on? And I still remember always like the end scene with with Dent on the roof where he's got the gun to the kid's head. I remember like there were kids like crying and shit. Like, I just remember it was like the all you could feel like people were like, well, wait, I don't I don't know I, I don't know if I want to go here. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to go here yet. And I remember, like, the relief, like, when, like, like Batman actually, you know, saves the day. But it's, like, he saves the day, but it's, like, a very morally questionable victory. And, like, the fact that people had to walk out – like, I remember Quentin Tarantino talks about this with, um, with like, um, when he watched The Thing. And he says, like, there was a movie that's so full of paranoia by the end, like, it had nowhere else to go except out into the audience. Yeah. And, like – and I kind of feel like with this movie, like, it, it left people – it was hitting on fears that, like, people hadn't been able to express. And I don't know if they were even able to articulate how the movie brought them to those conclusions or whatever. But people walked out of theater, and it was, like – it was a mixture of, like, yes, that was amazing. But, like, it was, like, an uncomfortable – like, people were just like, yeah, like, that was a little too close to home for me. And I can't quite articulate why. But people kept going back. It was, like, a thing you had to – it was, like, an endurance of, like, I have to see this again, you know. And it was – I don't know. I don't can't think of anything really that's done that at this level, like operating at that like this was the tentpole movie of Warner Brothers that year. This has the biggest character possibly in all of pop culture history. Yeah. And and it's and it's and it's operating on all levels. It's a great blockbuster. It's a great it, you know, it's a, it's a it's a decent crime film. It's a great superhero movie. Um it's just this really interesting artistic uh you know, it's really idiosyncratic vision of like this director taking this next step in his career the technology too like no one had ever shot an imax like so people were taken in so much but like it just worked especially in the united states it just it hit on something that like i think movies had been trying to get at but had not been it had not had the tools to confront and i don't even know if they went in like like seeking out to do that per se but it happened and, like, sometimes that's just the way things work out. Um, and, like, that's what I'm seeing. Like, I just haven't seen much operating at this level that's hit, the like, the zeitgeist, like, the culture the way this did. Um, and, like, that's more – I'll, I'll shut out for a bit. No, I think, I, think it got, I think it got paid away. I think, um, I think things drastically changed once Marvel started doing two movies a year. So there's a point where it's, like, Cause that was that was an interesting summer. Like you know, I was still, like I was still in it. Like on superheroes, I want to see these movies on screen. Iron Man's finally getting made the way I always dreamed it to get made. Like I was even a teenager, I was like, "Yo, it got to be Robert Downey Jr. because he he be on drugs and stuff. He's the only one that can make it work." Right? This is how you know this is kid Julian brain. But so I'm getting there. Well, you even wonder about that now. Like, I don't know if in the today's climate if they would have even cast him in that role. Oh no, no, no! It's a, it's a too much time. baggage. Too, Nobody it's a totally different world. Yeah, it's a totally different world. But when you get um, to the end of that, and you see like, oh, it's Nick Fury, and they're gonna try to put it together. Then you watch Hulk, and it's like, oh, Iron Man's at the end of Hulk. Like, oh my god! And then it like it waited, and then you get to let's say, yeah, you get to Avengers, and it's just like, oh, all right. So the third. You saved all the third acts for one movie. Uh, okay, all right. Then you get. Then I got to a point. Was like, what is this saying? And then like, more franchises started coming. Like Star Wars comes back, and I'm like, this has nothing to say. Like the prequels, as terrible as they are, I'll, I'll go to bat for the prequels. No, no. I mean, here's the thing. 
the further along we move into this current millennium or this current century, the Pericles are making a lot more sense in what he was trying to say. Like, I was like, uh uh-uh, this is bad. And then lately, the last couple of years with their politics, I'm like, yo, yo, he was he was saying something and it it was a point See, people should have paid attention about those trade routes. Nobody yo, yo, like it's like th- th- people really need to go back and really like, explore this idea. But I'm talking about Batman right now. It was just something where I think with Nolan, he finally got this shot to really like go all out. Right. And then he, him and his brother, they got to write the story. And I think what really works with Batman which gave it precedent from the comics is that it allows creators to talk about their ideas about America and capitalism and crime in a way that's good and bad, depending on the politics of the creator or even if they don't have any politics, but just to explore ideas. It's a great canvas to like throw your ideas on. Yeah. And he's great. Batman is really hard to break. Yes. Like, you can take him pretty fucking far before people are like, all right, this is too much. Yeah. And even then, you look back and you're like, oh, it's still pretty interesting. Like, it's a really tough character to fuck up. Yes. Um, or just or just to destroy. Like, like this, like you can read, like, Batman somewhere. I can read a kind of, like, you know, middle-of-the-road Batman comic. And, like, I have the art's pretty good or whatever. It's like, that was fine. That was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I don't, you know, or I can read something, you know, like Dark Knight Returns or something where I'm like, okay, this is a creator at, like, the top of their game, like, putting everything into this. Yeah. And, like, really seeing how far they can take this idea. And, he has um, and I think, like, um, and it's like, either way, I'm still pretty satisfied with, like, either thing. I mean, there's some people, I think there's, there's, there's people that have, you know, obviously, you know, did go too far or, like, mm-hmm. they, or they just, whatever they tried to put onto the character just didn't fit. But yeah. it's pretty tough, man. It's pretty like Batman could be in a rainbow costume. He could be, you know, he could be in the 1930s. He could be in medieval times. He could be in modern day. He could, you know, like whatever it is, it kind of works. And there's not a lot of characters. Like Superman doesn't work that way. Or, you know, like a lot of other characters, they don't have that vessel um, where you can kind of that that's conducive to like what a real like auteur, you know, a real idiosyncratic creator can come on and put their stamp on it and not break it. That's rare. Yes. I can't think of any other characters really that like that in comics or otherwise where like you really could test the limits and it's like fair game. Yeah, it's a lot of old characters like you could do some things with like you know Sherlock Holmes or like James Bond depending on the film like James Bond in all the movies have, Yeah, J- James changes. Bond's pretty pliable to the era and whatever yeah. whoever was on it. You can you can get a lot of mileage out of that. And it's just like See, my thing is, like, I think we did see some really good effects short-term. It's just now, 10 years later, a lot of that has been wiped away with just, like, everybody wants to be super safe. And the Dark Knight wasn't safe at all. As you said earlier, like, it like it could have fell flat. Like, I would have loved it regardless but I didn't expect I didn't expect it to make a billion dollars. Like I didn't expect and people forget about this too. Like I mean, we could talk. We're going to talk about this from every angle on this fucking thing. But like that's the thing too. Like people forget. Like are now movies make a billion dollars all the time. It's because the industry has built them to go that way. Yes. Like it's it, if they don't, it's a surprise. Um, like when this made a billion dollars, it was like yo, movies did not make a billion dollars. Especially like you had to work to get that billion dollars. <laughs> like. 
Like, so it's like, that's an earned billion dollars. There was no, you know, they weren't inflating fucking ticket. I mean, there was only a handful of IMAX theaters in the, in the world. So it's mm-hmm. like, that couldn't even have accounted for like the bump. It was like, no, people were going to see this like over and over and over again through the full, like, I remember I saw this, the first IMAX show, I saw it a bunch of times over the summer and like, they ran it like all the way until like October or something. I remember I went to the final show too. Of IMAX. And then they put it back in the theaters like, around Oscar time, too. So it was like, and it, it killed. It was still doing great business. And, like, it's one, too, like, anytime it's brought back, because um, I, I live it, like, they don't, I think they should show it more in New York. Because like, I'm, I'm a big rep house guy. Like, I'm always going to see, you know, old movies in the theater again. Yeah. And this, they don't bring this one back. Maybe they will now, but I'm saying, like, I remember it was funny when the 10th anniversary came up. I was I was fucking going ballistic to anyone who would hear me. I'm like, this is fucking disrespectful. Like, how is not one theater be showing this? This is ludicrous. This is insane. I'm like, and then like they announced like, oh, IMAX is gonna bring back like the 70 millimeter print and show it for a week. I was like, okay, prayers were answered on that one. But I was like, but I was like, come on, for real? Like, people forget like this was an important movie. And I mean, in the 10 years since, I mean, people have done their damnedest to knock it off its spot and be like, this wasn't that good. Yeah, and I want to say how. And me and you were like fucking warriors during the last day. Like, remember those? There were periods where like everyone's like, "Yeah, that's a shitty movie, isn't it?" We we're like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And like, it seems like I think it's come back around now. Where like it's been enough time that people have seen enough of these like assembly line fucking movies that they're like, "Okay, this was it." And like, I went twice this past week. It was sold out both times. Like mm, every good. show was they extend they extended it for like almost another whole week. Like mm. people were fucking. They still love this movie and like and. The audience was with it. Like, it, it plays on an audience in a theater. It plays so much differently even than at home. Like, it gets you in a way that few movies do. And so I'm saying, like, it, I'm happy to see it's come back around and, like, people are appreciating it more. But I still think the way people talk about it, I don't think does it a service. Like, I still feel like – especially, like, you want to talk about it um, through, like, a political lens or whatever. Like, I remember people when it came out, oh, this is clearly like a response to 9-11. Like, I guess it is. But I really feel like this movie was more – I think it's more relevant to what's going on now than it was then. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 almost like um, watching that film, to me, everybody was like, it's about George W. Bush. It's about 9-11. I was like, nah, these I think people read the news. About- it is about like a post 9/11 world, but how could it not be? It was everything made, is, uh, yeah, yeah. And but I don't think it's dealing with anything specific. I think it's more talking about like, well, like, like you know, you think this is bad now? Like this is, think about if this chaotic element, like if we made room for this element to come in. And like I, I haven't think about this again. Obviously, I, I hate when people fucking have to compare everything to Trump and shit all the time. But like, unfortunately, an example where I'm like, this is pretty. It's pretty prescient. Like it's hard to ignore when you watch it now. Um, where it's like, there's a, like, what ha- like to me, like when I watch that movie, like now it, it tells me like, what about like, what happens in the world when like nothing means anything anymore? Like where everybody's a liar, where every institution is corrupt, everything doesn't work. And like, there's no one. And there's like, there's nothing. Life starts to not make any sense anymore. It's like, well, everything is so corrupt. Fuck, fuck everything then. And when you when that when people become so corrupt and so complicit in the corruption, there's there's figure there there's disruptive figures that could come in and exploit yeah. that. And you look at the Joker. The, day, the reason the Joker is so effective and so is that he never really is lying about anything he says. He's actually telling the truth all the time. Um, yeah. Doesn't mean his intentions are good. Doesn't mean that he's a figure you should trust. But he's not lying. And I still think to this day, like I remember even seeing the scene. Like it's still shocking. The scene is in a fucking like 
Warner Brothers like superhero movie, but like that scene in the hospital when mm. he hands Dent the gun, yeah. and he's like, you know, like you know, like what happens if you know I said a gangbanger is gonna get shot or a bus full of soldiers be blown to smithereens? No Nobody would panic. And he's like, and he's like, but I say like one mayor gets shot, everybody loses. It. But it's like you hear that now, and I mean at the time, I mean it was, it was. I remember it probably was a chilling sentiment at the time, but you hear that now, and it's tough to be like, yeah, he's making a lot of sense. <laughs> He's, he's, <laughs> you know, he, but it's like, what if that is coming out of a figure you can't rely on? And you look at stuff like people, you know, everyone's still like, oh, how did Trump get elected? It's like, well, a problem was like he actually was kind of telling the truth about stuff for a minute. Doesn't he, mean his intentions were good. He but, was telling but, a certain viewpoint. My thing with Joker is that that's the only Joker, I think, in media where he's not actually a cartoonish villain but he's an antagonist where he he brings about a different viewpoint on ideas about the institutions well he's he's challenging state. the conventional wisdom yeah. he's like all this stuff and why do you say all this feel stuff? it it's like well nobody else is doing this it's like no one else has brought you could tell like no one has brought these points like no one's actually thought about the world this way and when you expose all that stuff, again, like, he's exposed, like, all these people actually are corrupt, including, you know, like, you know, Gordon and Dent. They're all complicit in this shit. It's yeah. like they're trying to do it because they think they're doing it for the right reasons. But they're not really right. Like, they are just continuing a system that's bad. And when the Joker comes in and points out, he's not wrong. Doesn't mean I want him in power doing what he wants True. to do. But it's hard to ignore when he's telling the truth and no one else is, including the good guys. And the thing of it and it's is... Like, Oh my bad. Yeah, uh, I just think that the interesting thing is like I don't even know if he actually wants to be in power. He just wants to show like not only did Batman disrupt everything, so this is possible to challenge everyone's ideas and to show you the system. And then what I like about the Joker is that the more times you watch the movie, is that you know everything happened the way he planned it to happen. Well, one of the thing I think that encapsulates, I think the like what like what to you is like the most disturbing scene involving the Joker in the movie. I have two. Oh, one is man. just a shot. I'm not even disturbed by the Joker anymore. Sometimes I completely like this, this is just thing. Real life now. Like I'm to the point where it's like, <laughs> yo, like he got a point. So it's like, um, my thing. I think when I my favorite Joker scenes are. The point where he's talking to all the criminals and he's like, yo, that guy's going to snitch. Um, you don't understand. Yeah, he's going to squeal. He's like, you worried about the ideas of jurisdiction and airspace and all this stuff. And the Batman doesn't care about any of this. The Batman doesn't care about laws. The Batman doesn't care about jurisdiction. The Batman's going to get him, and he's going to squeal. And he was right. He was he was completely <laughs> right. And my other part is that when he burns all the money in front of the crooks, because it's like every institution he doesn't care about, he's going to turn it all down. It's like the criminals will mess your stuff up. The justice system, I'm going to kill the judges. The government, I'm going to disrupt that. The cops, I'm going to show that they're dirty. Cause I'm going to set up Harvey Dent to get messed up. This is going to mess up the AD. And then I'm going to show you that the ideas of who's good and who's bad is fucked up. And I'm going to Not put bombs. Up, it's meaningless. Yeah. Cause the 
fucking Debo from Friday is the only reason why no one's blown up. Like, I'm like, it's, it's nothing wrong. That is why Batman loses, right? Like, he's not, he's getting proven right the entire movie. All you are pieces of shit. That's what I take from the movie now, 10 years later. It's like, damn. Damn, the Joker was on some, on some real good job, Nolans. That's that's what I just sit back and like. But like Whoa. to me, like that's that's how you make though an effective villain because it's just like it's if there's not a kernel of truth to what they're doing or why they're doing it, I just feel like then they're just like a you know they're just a faceless bag. There's nothing really interesting about them. Well, yeah. um, and again, to varying degrees, like I mean, you look at like Rachel Ghoul in the in, in Begins. It's like I, I do think he believes in the mission. He really thinks like he's making the world a better place, and like that's why he's out. So that's why he's interesting. Yeah. Um, Bane, Bane is in, Bane's a gray area. Um, because I mean, he does, he does say a bunch of shit, but most of it doesn't really matter because he was going to blow everybody up anyway, but he's still like not wrong about a lot of the stuff he's saying. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you, you can make like, I just feel like it, the most, the most interesting villains of all time in all of fiction, like they have to be, have a, there has to be a kernel of truth to what they're saying. And I think the reason the Joker still resonates so much for, for better or worse is I mean, he really doesn't lie about anything he says. Um, you could disagree with the way he goes about it, obviously, or yeah. like the ramifications. And like I, you know, I'm obviously, you know, I'm not here. Like, I mean, there's some people out there like, oh, he's the hero. Though. I'm not gonna fucking yeah. ride with that. But I don't know if there's any hero at the point at the, at the point of the end of the movie. I don't know if there's any actual hero. Hero like Batman had to. I do think the movie is. It does think. It does think Batman Bruce Wayne is like is trying to do stuff for the right reason. Yes. I don't think it's saying he's a horrible... I don't think it's saying that at all. Yeah. I, do th- I don't think the movie, though, is endorsing the idea of Batman in any way, though. It, like, of, yeah. at least how he's carrying it out. I think yeah. the movie's very... This is why I thought it was so weird when people... You see, like, a lot of, like, really, like, left-wing people be like, oh, this is, like, you know, a, a Republican's wet dream. I'm like, I don't know, the movie seems fairly critical of the idea of vigilantism and of, like, you know police and this stuff so I, I don't really see how you can really say i don't think the movie has i think the reason this movie is also successful it's not an ideological movie it's not telling you what to think about anything it's telling you to think about stuff yeah. like that's a completely different thing it's not telling you like this is right or wrong it's leaving it pretty open i mean there's certain things where yeah it clearly like i said i think it is trying to portray you know in the right way i think like he's saying like you know, I think Bruce was out here just trying to do the right thing. It unfortunately blew up in his face. He didn't realize the he didn't realize the forces he was rec- messing with. And I think that yeah. that's what it's it's a cautionary tale in that way about like you know really think hard about how you're going to approach the world before you do it. Yeah. Like don't just go out there and assume you're right and it'll all work out because sometimes the consequences can be so much worse than you could ever imagine. Um, and I do think like that's. I don't think the movie is saying at the end, like, oh, yeah, it's great, like, this plan that they're that they're doing to save – it's a great – clearly it's not. The next movie clearly proves Well, that. yeah, it's sad. Like, he lost. What I liked about – when I got to the end of the movie, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, snap, Batman lost. Like, the little James Gordon's uh, little soliloquy to his son, which we'd never see his son again <laughs> – um, Oh, there's a good reason for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That but, wife is like, we're getting the fuck out of here. And but like, you <laughs> like, his soliloquy as Batman runs away from the police, as he effectively takes the fall for murder to create a lie that puts in place, like, 
a certain set of policies and laws that actually that doesn't sound, make anything better. Good. They sound good, but they're not good. And then, like, he already, he messes his moral high ground up as soon as he took away everyone's privacy. Like, that was, that was great. And the fact that uh, Lucius had his, like, yo, I know we got to get these bombs, but I'm not, we done. Like, and you know, he wipes himself up by setting up the thing to explode at the end. But, like, he already crossed the line. And Batman knew he crossed the line. That's why it's not a, it's not a, he lost Harvey. He lost, he lost the line. He lost Rachel. He lost the idea of giving up, of stopping this, of, like, it's all, it's all messed up now. Like, nothing's the same. It's never going to be the same. And, like, I've, I've yet, I've yet to see a superhero movie since go that hard. The closest was Logan, but I that's need to watch movie, that. Yeah, it's a I great don't movie. think it's in the same class. But I yeah, need to watch movie. it five years from now when we're kind of out of the well, realm of. The thing uh, that's funny with Logan, I was talking um my friend uh, Chris Johnson. We talk about movies all the time, and we yeah. kind of laugh because we liked Logan, but we were kind of laughing because we, we both had. Because we had watched, uh, we'd rewatched Dark Knight back in July or whatever. We were talking about it, and um, you were saying that's funny how like the end of the Dark Knight is is an ode to the movie Shane. Like that's mm-hmm. a reference to the end of the movie Shane. And <laughs> it's funny. I'm like, well, this is like the real difference here. Is like the Dark Knight makes a scene that still to this day most people have no idea is a reference to Shane. And it's like in Logan, they actually watch Shane. Yes. And then quote Shane. <laughs> I'm like, that's the difference. Like, everyone likes to talk, oh, you know, the Nolans aren't very subtle. I'm like, well, they're a little more subtle, I think, than you give them credit <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, Logan with full force, like, hold on, you guys don't get this. <laughs> but I'm really retelling Shane with Wolverine. I need you to understand this. So Professor X is going to tell Laura that this is really Shane. He's going to give you a Wikipedia <laughs> entry on Shane the movie. And then the little girl is going to literally quote the dialogue you heard earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Uh, it's funny. Good movie. I like the movie. I still like yeah, it. just, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, not quite there. Like, it's not quite the same class, in my opinion. It was close, though. I was like, somebody tried. I'm closer than most. I mean, somebody uh, I mean, tried. There's a, there's a couple. I mean, there's only a handful of, like, superhero movies. I think some are controversial. I know we disagree on a couple of them. Like, I really like Man of Steel and, and Batman versus Superman, but, like, I understand, like, that's not the popular I don't consensus. hate Man, Batman versus Superman. I. Grew- Did you ever watch the longer cut? No, I still need to watch it, but I say you do like it. I think you turn. I think you'd be like, no, this actually is a pretty good movie. Like I don't, I don't hate that movie. People hate it. I just like it's the same level of quality as the rest of the superhero movies, and that's where I get into my. I was, I was really shocked with the reaction to um Justice League because I saw Justice League and I was like, yeah, this isn't good, but like it's about as good as these other movies people seem to like. <laughs> you know, like I was like, I didn't really. I was really surprised when it was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm like, I'm like really? I don't know, it wasn't good, like, I didn't like, it certainly wasn't made for me, but, like, and it's funny, too, because I remember I saw it that opening weekend, where, like, every show was sold out, like, the audience I saw it with, like, applauded for it, yeah. at the end. and I was really surprised that now it's gone down, it's like, what a train wreck, and I'm like, it wasn't good, like, I would have loved to just see the regular Zack Snyder version of it, obviously, but I'm just saying that, like, it was about, they bet, they made the movie you people claim that you want them to make, and then they made it, and then you're like, oh, this sucks, too, it's like, okay, whatever. They can't, they can't, they can't win, and I think... <laughs> And I think this started with the Dark Knight. I think that 
there's certain ideas and fandom ideologies within these core superhero houses that was spurred on, you know, before we was alive with the whole Marvel zombie and the DC fan. And I think those ideas, thanks to the people who write reviews and press, if you want to call it press, but their editorial think pieces and their geek nature and their videos, fake news, as it were. You know, uh, <laughs> it's all edit- it's all editorial. It's not like like when I go to a, a website, right, a comic or a geek based website, they don't actually have news about Hollywood industry. They have links to THR or Variety or Deadline because they don't care about this. All they care about is what they're fans of. And I think there were so many fans of Marvel comics, especially within the generation of like, you know, post like 80, right? The gen, the late Gen Xers, Gen Xers and, and, you know, millennials got so into the Marvel comics idea, the Marvel comics that when they became fans and they started writing all these blogs and stuff, they started bringing some of those biases into it. So it's like, while originally they couldn't hate on the Dark Knight because, like, well, you Batman's see always it. been that one character. That, like, even among people I know that were like Marvel zombies, I'm like, why fuck with Batman though? He's Batman though, like, <laughs> he fire all the time. Somebody gets their hands on it, and they make they make something like really interesting. So it's like you want to hate on it, but you can't. And I think what happened is as we got into the post Avengers full serial nature of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think what happens is like, and this has been carried over into other types of movies, especially as we trying to, especially as the American market goes so heavy for international market that they won't talk about anything too deep. And they just make basically theme park rides. It's like, yo, this joint got to make you laugh. All the colors got to be bright. And at the end, we're going to try to fake it like there's some type of real, like, some real stakes. But really, it's all happy and the hero wins in the end. And it's like, good guys win in the end, guys. It's like, GI, it's like when you watch a really long episode of G.I. Joe. Like, when you watch G.I. Joe the movie, it's just like, oh, man, Duke got hit in the shoulder with the, with the snake from Serpentor. He looks like he might be dead. But G.I. Joe won, and they beat Cobra live. Yo, Joe, Duke's alive. Hooray! That's what I feel <laughs> when I get to it. It's like, guess what? Like, when you watch Transformers the movie, yo, Optimus Prime died, and all the toys you had died on screen. And guess what? The whole goddamn Transformers universe is messed up. You watch the next season, Rodimus Prime sucks as a leader. Like, that's the way I think about it. It's like, they, they get to this point. And they just talk about, like, Marvel movies make them feel good. Some of the Star Wars movies either make them feel good or make them into terrible people because they hate on, like, the fact it's not, like, Luke Skywalker and a bunch of, like, white dudes saving everybody. And it just becomes this big that is pit a of noise. horrible movie, though. Oh, it's not. My thing with the first, the, my thing is that like every other movie's all right. So it's like, The Force Awakens wasn't good. That was the only one I liked of these new, um... Oh, I like these Rogue new one. Star Wars. I like Rogue One. That's my movie. Like, they all die at the end. It's the Dirty Dozen. Like, I'm okay with this. I'm fine with that. Like, I look at Star Wars as what it was 
made out of. It's like adventure serials. So when I watched, oh, see, it, I didn't, I didn't hate um Solo. I love Solo. Like I thought it was fine. It's I mean, it's not movie. like I didn't think it was um like great, but I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't really see why that one was the one that people were like, that's it, enough, now we can't have it. I'm like, this is the one that really, like, this yeah. is the one that got people so upset. It wasn't, it wasn't The Last Jedi in a movie where, like, the black got Finn be, goes back to his arc from the first movie within the first ten minutes. Like, he has to find a reason to fight again? Like, really? We're going to do this whole arc over again. He has to deal with Captain Phasma again. He has to do all this again. Like, yeah, that's an entirely... Yeah, I'm getting even off my point, but I I just think that was my fault. I no, no, nah, nah, it's like ooh, <laughs> but it's like it's still Disney, right? I just right? can't stand when people are like, "Oh, you didn't like the Last Jedi? You must be like racist." You're I'm terrible. like, no, it's just like, a shitty fucking movie. Uh, That's why I don't like it. <laughs> oh, that makes me yo. There's nothing that makes me angry that people's like, if you last like if you dislike the Last Jedi, something you're like you're a terrible person. It's like, oh no, nah, that movie was trash, and I love Ryan Johnson. He made a trash ass movie. It's all right. I'll see his non-Star Wars movies again. It's all good. But don't call me like that I'm a misogynist because I ain't like a movie that nobody did anything that made sense. Like, that movie's just bad. Especially after I saw Solo and I was like, I love this movie. Give me more of this shit. I had Donnie Solo Yen, was Kung like kind of fun. That joint was a good Ron Howard movie. Like, that was a good He's... middle, middle grade Ron Howard I'm curious. I, that's what I will always be curious about. The ori- it sounds like the original version would have been like would have been I think like probably exactly what they like needed. A super joke. It's like, well, not just not just a super joke, but like it would have had a lot of personality. I think uh-huh. like it would have felt a lot different than these movies. And I think they got scared and like they obviously went in this direction. I think the movie they made is fine, but I'm just saying that like it's funny now. Like I wonder if they regret that now, considering how bad that like, maybe we should have just rolled with what was there and just seen how it went. But I don't know. Nah, I don't think they regret anything because they put out 10 movies in 12 months. That's true. That's true. Like but it was the first, it was the first time that people like the public was, and especially like the, the, you know, the journalistic establishment mm-hmm. of, of film was able to actually point at them and be like, you failed. I bet you if that movie would have came out in the usual space of December, November, it yeah, wouldn't have hated it was, too, it was also too short, it I was think. too close to the last Jedi fiasco and people was too excited from Black Panther and they were too excited going into Avengers. And they were, and it's like like Usually Disney doesn't. I was mess like, up. was there an Avengers movie this year? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess there mm-hmm. was. It made a lot of money. <laughs> like we made a whole bunch of money. Like it, it's it's out there. But like Usually they don't mix up their like lanes. They almost like they kind of program the audience. It's like, hey, in the when it gets warm outside, well, it's I think, Marvel season. I think they were just like, you know, this has got so much like bad press on it because like mm. it had been covered so heavily. They just yeah. kind of wanted to like, all right, let's just drop it out here and like quietly kind of move on from this. But I think you're right. Had they just waited longer, where there had just been a little bit of a lull, yeah, people I... just went to see it. So instead, it had all this bad press going in. And then it was, like, too close to these other releases, too close to the previous stars. So, like, people are like, you know, they're saying this thing sucks. This probably sucks. I'm just not going to see it. And, like, that was the end of it, I think. If they would have put it out in October, like, next month, I bet you it would have Fuck it, this month, man. This month's, like, a... Oh, yeah, this month is trash. If they would have put it in the two months, there's no Disney movie? Because that's when that's when it hit me. Because people would have forgot about the controversy. Like it would have kind of just you know It'd eight other a, things would have yeah. happened since then that would have just taken the heat off of it. It'd been eleven. And months. People like, oh yeah, Star Wars. I like Star Wars, and they just would have went to see it. Yep. 
and there's nothing out, it would have made a killing. September, it would have killed all of September. It would have just destroyed it. It would have made like half a billion dollars easy. But that's, you know, Monday. This is Monday morning, six months later, quarterback. And like, <laughs> but it's like, it's, it is. But it's like, all this thing with the Dark Knight, I well, think doesn't help. Well, give with- us credit, though, on this front, though. I think we're very good at, like, switching gears. Like, and t- like I, don't, I don't think a lot of people are. Like, that's the only way they know how to talk about movies or thing. It's just, like, from the, oh, well, it made money. And, like, I feel like we can always, we understand, like, things, like, you know, there are different departments that work on different things. There's mm-hmm. different factors. And, like, I can talk about the artistic, uh, you know, merits of something and then just talk about, oh, yeah, this is where they screwed up in their promotion. And, like, it doesn't affect my view of the other thing. Oh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. for a lot of other people, they don't know. They only know how to talk about stuff from that perspective or they let it mix up when they're trying to actually talk about the thing as a piece of art. They're, like, they can't not talk about the promotion. And, you know, and I think like, we're pretty good at jumping gears, I think, and being like, okay, like, this is it from that perspective. Now we're going to switch. Oh yeah, and, like, I think yeah, a lot yeah. of people can't do that, especially nowadays. Worse than ever, I think. I don't remember like any other period in time being uh, like where I'm like, ah, these people have no clue. <laughs> like they're just talking about things that have nothing to do with each other. Nothing to uh, do with yeah. like promote like. And like everybody's a conspiracy theorist now about like the movie. Like oh, you know, clearly they the studio is doing. It's like no, that's probably not the case. <laughs> like you don't even know how studios work, B. Like that's why I sit back. It's just like you guys are seriously talking about this. And it's like, I guess I get to the point now with the whole, the idea of criticism and like the film critics and tomato score and all that type of stuff. It's just like, I'm like, people, first of all, they don't understand that the fact that critics get to a point because they watch so, first of all, if you're a critic and you're on your job, right, minimum, you're going to see 52 movies in a year. That's a movie a week. And most people well, now, now they're loading people up with screeners. With screeners, so, so now like, you gotta watch. You have to go see a movie plus watch like three or four other ones. Yeah, so in your spare time. Uh, yeah, you're getting paid like a fraction of what you used to get paid to do it. Or yeah, like you're getting paid like almost nothing. Peanuts. And like, so you're watching all these movies, and people don't understand like in anything. Let's say like if you eat like in a month, if you eat a, a hamburger a day. From like every different place, you're gonna be able to say like, all right, so this is a better burger than another burger. Like this meat is better than that meat. This cheese on this burger with this lettuce and this bread is better than like this. Like you're gonna know the difference, and you can say like which one's better and which one might be made better. And people don't understand it's like that's how. That's like the first stage of like criticism. Then you can get into like the whole ideas of the art and the craft of making a movie like. The images on the screen is like, yo, the lighting matters. Like, the the way stuff moves matter. The sound matters. Like, the placement of the actors. Like, all these things matter. And I think at a certain point, we got a bunch of people that's just yelling. It's like, I just see my favorite character on screen, so it's good. And back, to me, the, the Dark Knight was almost like, and they try to say it was like a bad thing at the time. It's like, this is just like a Michael Mann movie with a dude in an outfit. I'm like, that's not saying like, I love Michael Mann, but just saying that it's a crime movie isn't bad. I, don't, I think that that's a, like, I get why people, I remember people saying that too is like a thing. And I'd be like, I don't know. I, I still, still watching now. I still feel like that's a vast, like understatement on what the thing actually is. Yeah. Like it's an element. Yeah, yeah. sure. But it's not. 
it's not really a like, yeah it's a crime movie sort of but like i think even saying that like the other thing too like in the middle of this movie i think like chris nolan kind of becomes a different filmmaker like it happens like in the middle of the movie like he starts um I think he becomes more enchanted with like the idea of like how they told how they told stories in the silent era. Oh yeah, yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. he becomes very engaged with like you said like the i like you know like the idea and like the sim and the symbolism of like certain characters and certain things and like and I think he really got into this when he started shooting in the IMAX. Where you yeah. had to really pay more attention to what actual what every actual shot was going to be, and you yeah. see it really progress after this. Like I think he actually becomes a, a much better like visual storyteller. In, in future movies, even than he is here. But, um, like, he was known as the guy who wrote really tight scripts and, like, you know, where everything made sense and this and, you know, and, stuff. and, and then I feel like in the middle of the movies where he kind of comes to the idea, like, you know, he kind of divorces from that a little bit. And, like, yeah, I'm not that concerned if this is realistic or not. I just think this is a great idea and I'm going to go after it. And, like, you really feel – I feel like the there's a point in this movie – like, there's some people point out, like, you mentioned the thing where, like, Gordon's giving that speech to his son. Like, well, that's not very realistic. He wouldn't tell his son. It doesn't matter. It's a great fucking movie scene. Mm, it is. And, and it lifts off the ground. Like, you feel the movie literally, like, lifting off the ground. Like, this is fucking incredible. Like, the music's coming in. Like, the drums are banging. He's like, you know – and it's just like – it doesn't matter because it's great filmmaking. It doesn't matter if it's like, oh, that's what he would really say. And th there's things like that all over this movie that people keep pointing out as like, um, uh, you know, plot holes. That's what people love to say, plot holes. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Oh, um, yeah. I don't even know if people understand what plot hole means anymore. Like, what the fuck is a plot hole now? Like, you call everything that you don't get or everything that isn't blatantly stated to you. Or you don't like. Yeah. yeah. Expository dialogue is now a plot hole. It's like. Nah, man, like, life don't work that way, but I agree, I do think, like... But, like, you see this, and you go to, like, Inception, and, like, Ooh. Inception, obviously, he really, like, he really, like, he has a whole, like, people talk about, it's funny, I, I always laugh at this, they say, like, oh, like, the, there's too much talking, and no one explains too much stuff, but it's, like, Inception has a literally, what, like, a 40-minute silent set piece cross-cutting across, like, four or five different temporal, like, planes. <laughs> love, like, bro, I love that movie, bro. <laughs> It's like who else is did, who else has did that in recent years or is doing that now? Ooh, oh my god! Like <laughs> and like, like I think oh that's what rises god. too. I think that's the thing. That, like, I think if you, I don't think rises works at all as like a movie that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like that makes sense in like the the realistic sense. No, I think, but it makes sense from a fuck. Like it makes sense from like if you're watching it as a movie told like you know told visually. And told like through thematic, like it's thematic, actually make a lot of sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you follow the movie that way, and like I think that's the thing with that movie. Like that's what was interesting to him is like these kind of themes are interesting, these kind of set pieces are interesting, and like that you follow. I don't think he was again. That was a movie. That's a weird movie because like he his brother wrote it, like wrote a fucking novel and handed it to him, and then like left the project. And he was just like, all right, I guess I gotta like figure out, you know, cause I can't, this thing, I can't film this whole fucking thing. And then like kind of just picked and choose. But like, I think if you watch that movie, it's interesting. It's very owed to like a Fritz Lang movie from the thirties or early forties. Um, or like, uh, Eric von Stroenheim or all these like silent storytellers. And then you get to like interstellar, I think too, which is, yeah, there's a lot of exposition about science shit, but you need it there. I don't know how you could make the movie without it there. Um, but I think it's very reliant on just images. Like I think it's told pretty well through the images. And then yeah. Dunkirk is practically a silent movie. 
Oh yeah. So like, I feel like you've seen the, and it starts in this movie. It starts in that second half of the movie it, um, it, where you uh... really see that. And I think that's why like people complain all the scores. So I can't hear the dialogue. It's like, well, you don't usually need to hear it. You don't usually need to hear what they're saying. You can follow what's on the screen. Yeah, you can and watch I think, it. Yeah. yeah, but there you go. That was I don't know where I was going. No, with no, that. no, no. Like I agree. Like thinking it back, I think the halfway point is after Rachel dies, and you have the image of Batman standing over the the debris, yeah. and then at that point, you're completely right because then it becomes like really big screen focused. Because then after that, you get the shot. Of like, you also get the shot of the Joker with his head out of the police car, which is one of my most favorite pieces of cinematic it's very, film. Uh, it's a very Blade Runner ever uh, seen. Um, with uh, Roy Batty like busts out oh, the wall bro, and like, like puts his head out in the water. It's very similar to that shot, bro. It's like that joint, and then like it keeps it keeps going, and it's just like yeah. By the time you get to the end, it's ideas, it's fluid, like. Batman running between the things and the people chasing them. You can't totally get it. You see the dogs and the barking, and he's just like, and then it is, you know, like, and he's our Dark Knight, and then it like it goes black, and you see the fucking logo, and it's just like, damn, like he ain't never been that like this ever, bro. Like you walk out of that theater, and I walked out of that theater like three to four times. Like I saw that joint two times in IMAX, Smithsonian IMAX, so that joint like. The big screen, Museum of Natural History. I was like, I took the homies once. I was like, nah, we got to go see. But we already seen it. He's like, you ain't seen it like this. And they sat there. It was all late. They was getting tired. I was like, bro, you don't understand. Like, like yo. Like, <laughs> hey, you, this just says something. It's like, it's it like, it, it, I've been, I've been searching for that high ever since. And. I mean, there's been I a few, haven't. like, like I'm yeah. trying to think of movies, like, there's a couple, that, again, they're mostly Nolan movies that I like. Oh, yeah, like, much. yeah, it, like, Inception, oh, yeah, I'm all about it, like. Well, Glorious Bastards was a big one for me, that was a Glorious Bastards was a beautiful film. Yeah. I, it's um, still my least favorite same... Quentin Tarantino movie, but. I think it's his best movie, yeah. I, fu- um, I but, fuck um, with Jackie Brown, I'm a, I'm a big Well, Jackie, Jackie Brown, Brown yeah, Jackie Brown would be my second, um, and True Romance is my favorite thing he's written, oh, um, but, um, yeah, but I'm just saying that, like. That movie had a. That's why I thought I'm like, oh, we gonna have a movie like this every year. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because like, *Glorious Bastards* came out that next year, and it had that. I don't know if it's quite. It wasn't quite as zeitgeist shattering as *The Dark Knight* was, but it was an experience. And like, I went to. I was like, this was something. Like that was a trip, man. That was great. Yeah. Like, it yeah, really was yeah, only. Yeah. It was these things you can only see as a movie. Like movies still had a place in the culture. It's like they have a thing that they occupy that they can do that other things can't do, and people still mostly respected that. Um. And then, like I said, 2010 had, you know, had had Inception, Scott Pilgrim. There was a whole bunch of these really big mainstream, like, kind of really idiosyncratic, um, like, you know, kind of, you know, works of art that were these big, you know, Hollywood movies. There was a hand, and there was still, like, there were still a handful of good movies that I liked that year. But, I mean, at that level. And then, kind of, as you go along, I'm like, I get, there's less and less. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I mean, there's a handful of things. But, like, again, there's movies I like a lot, but, like, they don't. They're not operating at that level. Like, I keep saying that, but it's just, it's like, you don't, I'm not expecting any big studio movie any year to give me the feeling. Yeah. yeah like, I, I think, if it's decent, I'm like, oh, that was a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah. I think I got that out of, uh, well, yeah, Inception, Interstellar for sure. Skyfall was the first time I saw a James Bond movie where I saw somebody care about the camera, 
like in the modern era, like Sam Mendes did something. I was like, yo, he must have saw oh, Dark. Because, he like, yeah, he. But I'm just saying, like they got the team together. Like that movie felt like they saw that, Dark Knight. Yeah, but Skyfall is a movie in which there's a guy that's like, I really like the Dark Knight. I just want to, like, take all my favorite shots of the Dark Knight and put James Bond in them. Yeah, and I was totally in for it because I'm like, all right, like, you, like, I guess that was the only movie I, like, I said, I was like, yo, y'all saw the Dark Knight and y'all was like, we got to make a James Bond movie like this. And I was like, and I'm like, I'm here for this. Keep, keep doing, like, yeah, if you guys want to just, if you want to copy in a way that's not, like, copying it like the way people say that people's copying the dark knight but if you're just like yo we gotta step our game up with our shots and our music cues and our like framing and our pacing i'm okay with that it's just now i'm getting to the point it's like i'm seeing a lot of movies i'm like yo this is kind of like even some of the movies that win like big awards like the big indie movies like when that movie brooklyn came out everybody's like it's so great i'm like so it's just i, a great I like that movie it's, it's not a bad movie but i'm like i literally I, I could watch that on my TV and I'm I'm good. Like, there's a lot of movies where a lot of people talk about a lot of things and I see it as like, nah, I could watch that on TV. Like, this could be like, and this is not knocking HBO because I think HBO makes amazing films. So I'm just like, all right. Like, like where's where's somebody really trying to push that, that camera work? Like, where's somebody... Well, there's really nothing to... really on TV. Like, that's why I think, I mean, there's a whole argument, you know, TV versus film. I'm yeah, like, yeah, still, yeah. I'm like, I'll admit, like, there's, a, there's there's some decent stuff on TV. But, I mean, it's still a writer's medium. Like, there's nobody oh, yeah. really pushing the aesthetic on TV. I mean, there's a couple examples, but, like, still, I'm like, it hasn't matched. Even, like, what's in, like, kind of like a, like a not-great movie. Like, I'm still like, oh, they're still doing a little bit more with the camera here than they're doing on this TV show, which I've admitted. Like, like Mad Men might be a much better thing than whatever movie. But I'm like, they haven't, it's like... Uh, that's not a great example. That was actually a pretty interesting show aesthetically, but um, but still, like you're not even on like the best TV show. The like the visual language of it is still pretty plain. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's supposed to be though. But now it's, now movies have taken that like the cue from TV and like they're also pretty bland across the board. Um, and then when you have stuff like the Marvel Universe, and again, I'm not just bringing because it's comic book related, but it's like, well, they are now the force. They are now like the biggest studio. They are the thing everyone's emulating. Yeah, they which they, is nuts. they I would never have thought change. of that. Like, would you in 2008 if you told like 10 years from now Marvel will own everything and everyone will emulate that? Oh no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. You thought wouldn't have that. thought of that. Not in 2008. <laughs> but after I saw Avengers, I had an idea. Like, they was able to put five movies. They were able to make a movie into a TV show. And that's where, like, I'm like, yo, people complain about, like, yo, you just know the Infinity War is just episode 19. Like, you ain't going to get the payoff to episode 20. You watch TV. Like, we got Ant-Man to get through, and we got uh, Captain Marvel. You ain't getting the payoff to next May. Like, it's the end of the season. Like, y'all, like, they made a season of TV, and, and it feels like television. Like, well, that's a funny. Television. That's a criticism I still hear about um, the Dark Knight is that oh, they should have made it into like two movies. No, and I'm always like, no, mm. it's like because it actually ends its story. Like it's a complete story. Like a big problem is so many movies now. Now people people did this before, but 
ever since the Marvel shit, now it's fucking just, you know, it's fair game. Now, cause everyone's like, we're going to turn this into eight movies. What could have been one movie? You know, because it's like, well, people just assume they're getting sequels when they make movies now. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like, well, no, you shouldn't assume. You should tell your whole story. Like, you shouldn't. I remember Nolan says, like, I try not to leave anything on the table. Like, yeah. if I have something I want to do, I'll do it. Like, if I'm clearly not doing it, it must not be good enough to do. And I feel like, and people have complained, oh, you know, there should have been more connections between the movies. But I like the fact that you can watch, like, you can watch Batman Begins as a full movie. There's no, you can watch The Dark Knight, too, and this is really rare. It's the only superhero movie I can really think of, especially it's like a second in a series, that, like, really delves into the world. Like, there was no need to set up Batman. Batman exists. He's there at the beginning. And, like, you're literally in Gotham City, and you're dealing with, like, the minutiae of Gotham City in a way you could never do uh, in a lot of these other movies because there's too much setup and things you need to worry about. And this movie kind of just goes and like you can watch A Dark Knight without having seen Batman Begins and I think you'll pick up everything pretty fu- pretty well. Like uh, yeah. it's, it's a full story. Like I don't think you need – I mean I guess Rises you kind of need to have seen the other ones but I think it's still kind of – You really don't. It. Like I really think um, what the Nolan Batman films do – with the exception of Batman Begins, and I think Batman Begins is different because at that point, we never had an origin movie for Batman. All the well, movies, even origin movies in general were pretty rare. Yeah, like it's just it, it was just at the point where it's just like, yo, it's a, like we all know what Batman is. That's it. Like you don't need to explain anything. You watch The Dark Knight Rises. That could be the first one. You could have missed Batman Begins, but you know who Batman is. You know. Who the Joker And you can is. pick up, okay, there was a guy, Dent, that did something bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> okay. League of Shadows. All right, Two-Face. I got it. <laughs> Two-Face, all right, Two-Face. Like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, when you watch Rises, it's like, okay, Batman. Oh, this Catwoman. I know who Catwoman is. All right, Batman, he look kind of old and washed. Like, all right, he getting himself back together. Uh, this band guy, he talks funny. Like, okay, he, he beats the brakes off of him. Batman pulls himself together. He saves everybody, and he has a happy life. Like, I don't even know. Like, it had everything you need. Like, Alfred's in it. You know who Alfred is. Even if you don't know who Alfred is, it's like, oh, it's Michael Caine. Michael Caine takes care of Batman. Okay. All right. Like, and a lot of movies don't, don't have that. I almost wish that some people would make a Superman movie now with, with that in mind that, like, yo, we all know who Superman is, man. We all know who Lois Lane is, man. Well, I do think, though, I do think to most superheroes, though, like, the origin is actually, like, the thing that's great about the Dark Knight trilogy is I think it hits on the three, like, to me, there is only really, like, three or four interesting stories you can tell about a superhero, especially in a movie. You can either tell how they came to be, their greatest failure, that's what I think the Dark Knight, it's it's the moment where, like, he met his match, Mm -hmm. and, like, he had, and he had to rethink the whole idea. That's a classic. That's a classic hero trope. It's like you know the moment of the moment of doubt. Yeah. Um. And and the third is like the rebirth or like the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that the hits on like those are really the only interesting. Like, think of all the superhero comics you've read, all the superhero media you've seen. Like, uh, I think like that's pretty much what it comes down to. Like those are the stories, especially that are most you know I lend themselves to like cinema. Those would be the stories. And I think that's a big reason the Marvel stuff is so uninteresting to me because it's kind of like just dealing with like the day to day. Like, all right, you know, I guess this is what's happening now. Like, maybe that's fascinating. Like, I can see why that could be interesting in a comic book that has to come out every month. But as a movie, like as a film, 
Like, you have to – it has to resonate to a little bit of, like, the hero story. Like, you have to find the way it connects to that in some way. And there's only some so many things that, like, speak. It's like, okay, this hero is announcing itself. It's being born. That's a movie. Yeah. It's like, here's that hero going up, up against his greatest foe, and he has to rethink the whole idea of becoming a hero. That's a fucking movie. All right, this hero went away. He's coming back, and then he's going to go away for good. That's a fucking movie. And it's like, I don't think like, oh, Batman, you know, fucking just foils a small crime or whatever. And like, you know, and does that's people like, oh, there's not enough detective work. And so it's like, well, I don't know how much that stuff really lends itself to like a great film. Like you can use it as an element from here to there. And I think he does quite a bit of stuff in these movies to really say like he's not. I think he is using his brain. He does, the, he does the gun, the gun. He does no, the I'm bullet gonna, stuff. This is a it's separate like... point I'm going to bring up because it's um, – I don't know if you've talked about like, – like, we're all over the place here. I didn't, I didn't take notes, so we're all yeah, over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. But like one thing I think is also like a real miscalculation in how people interpret these, these Batman. They say like, oh, Bruce is like dumb. Like he needs everybody to do stuff for him. And I'm like, nope, you just don't understand what you're watching. Like especially in The Dark Knight. Now we watched it a whole bunch of times. Bruce knows everything that's going on all of the time. Yes. He's just – it's how he uses – he lets people underestimate him. And that's how he's able to pull off what he does. Like, in the movie, like, the whole thing with, um... Like, he already knew about Sonar. He just needed Lucius Fox to put the thing together. Yes. And then he ran... The whole movie, he's doing all of this in his spare time. He's putting together a fucking network of... Like, think about that. Think how hard that is to do. He he put that together in his spare time. Like, it's done. It's done at the beginning. Like, the second he shows him that device, he goes and puts together that network, gets that gun, does all that in his spare time. Yeah, he's ahead unseen. of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the, see at the beginning where he's asleep at the board. It's like he already did that. He did all of this in his spare time. But he's appearing to the public that he's slovenish and or slovenly and just doesn't know, doesn't care. He's a spoiled rich boy. Even to Lucius, he's playing a character. Because he doesn't even he he doesn't want him to actually know everything he's doing. Yeah, and like so the idea that he's so dumb and he needs everybody to do stuff for him and doesn't put stuff. It's like no, he's he knows he's really smart. He puts stuff together, but he also knows that like he needs to have a little bit. He needs sometimes he needs help. He needs people to do stuff for him to get this stuff to work at a certain level. So it's better if he plays dumb than reveal all his cards to everybody. Yeah. So it's like he, so the public there's a persona, but even among his confidants, he's still playing a character. And, like, to me, that's, like, that's something I think if you watch the movie a few times, you see it. You see it in all the movies. Like, even in Begins, like, he already knew the whole plan of how to knock, you know, Rutger Hauer's character out of the, out of the, uh, like, out of the out company. Of the yeah, yeah, he knew. He knew right, that right he, when he, right when he yeah. saw him, he's like, this is what we'll do. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and he's always usually, like, um, even like you mentioned, like, the scene with the, um, with the surveillance unit when, when Lucius sees it, like he already knows like what Lucius's reaction is going to be. Yep. And he knows he shouldn't have this thing, but he knows he kind of needs it to complete this mission. But it's like the audience probably like, Oh, this Batman is a fascist, but like, you can't count him out. He's already has a contingency plan for that. It's like, Nope, this thing is just going to explode itself at the end. Yeah. yeah. Once, <laughs> once he puts his code in, it's going to destroy itself. So like, it's just like, See, Lucius is there like, this guy lost his mind now. Yeah. I he's gone. Like, like, Oh no, no, no. He knew exactly what he was doing the whole time. And it's like, that's the thing. And it's like, if they do it in Rises, not as well. But like the idea that he would have the, you know, like that he, you know, fixed the autopilot by himself, things like that. Like, but they just kind of assume that like everyone just kind of assumes, oh yeah, he wouldn't do it. And then you understand like, this is how this guy gets by doing all this stuff. Because everybody underestimates him and they don't assume he'll do any of this stuff, but he does it. That's how he gets it done. Because he does it under the radar. 
Yeah. So it's like if the movie was constantly showing him doing these things, I think it would take away from like that sly aspect of it. And I think it's the same for the Joker. Like people talk about like, well, first of all, I don't think you need to explain why the Joker is able to do his schemes. He's a fucking Joker. Like that's why he does the scheme. Like to me, that's the thing. I'm like, I can't even talk to you if like that's an issue you had with the movie. Like, well, how does a Joker pull off all these schemes? He's the fucking Joker. Joker. (laughs) But I'll even give you an explanation. Um, like I was saying, one of my favorite shots in the whole movie, in the whole series, is the opening shot of the Joker on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, it's it's also rare movie like they just it's the camera just completely staying still, like moving in. It's it's one of the rare moments of there that the movie is not in motion. Um, but that shot of the Joker is very reminiscent of a shot in um John Carpenter's Halloween, um, where you see Michael Myers just during the day standing in someone's yard. And like he's not a threat. He's just he's just he's still him, still the guy. He's still out there. Like and I always scared. Like that was like one of the scariest shots ever in that movie for me was that shot of him just out there in the daytime, just standing there. And I think that that was an influence on this shot. Was just like okay, like in the they they show you a wide shot of the whole city moving. You can even see stuff like there's visual stuff to show you stuff from the last movie, like the fact that the train is fixed and running. You can see in the distance. Like Gotham has been cleaned up. It's working. Like this Batman thing has been working at least temporarily. Um, same thing you even see like later on, like um, like Jonathan Crane is just like a low level drug dealer now. He's lost his power. He's just yeah. a street. Ju- it's like that. That whole beginning sequence is telling you what's happened in the year since. It's all told visually too, and it's like I'm like I don't think it gets any credit. I don't think people point that out. Um, but you see the Joker standing there, and it's like yeah, the Joker has been in plain sight this entire time. He's put all this shit in motion already. He knows how this is going to go. That's how he did it. All this stuff has already been pre-planned, and which is great because it's it's an inversion of what he says. Like I'm not, a, I don't have a plan. Have a, it's like no, he has a plan. He's doing it, but it's like that shot is a scarier because like he's out there and like it, I guess that's obviously a thing that resonated with a lot of people in like a post 9/11 world was like oh yeah like a lot of these like you know these terrorist attacks they were happening in plain sight because nobody was really like paying attention like nobody was thinking somebody could be doing all this stuff and when you're not thinking of that it's like that's that people can get away with it but the flip side is like do you want to live in a world where you're paranoid and in fear of everybody at the same time too so it's like a really interesting dichotomy and it's like the one of the first shots in the movie there's no no dialogue or anything but like to me that one shot conveys all of that information man that whole first sequence shows you so much information for like I think the entire thing of the movie, like everything when you to the point where the Joker takes off his mask and he talks to the the bank manager who's, you know, for the mob or whatever, and then it just goes it gets in the bus and just drives off in the middle of the other buses so no one ever knew there was a robbery at all. That's what I was like, everything to me is set up like a joke. And that's another thing I don't think people catch. Like, the Joker is literally telling you jokes. <laughs> the entire movie except he's not like he's not being funny it's like it's a it's a well sometimes it's pretty funny no it's funny <laughs> no but oh yeah nah he got some oh he got no, some but the bangers. jokes he's telling are cruel like jokes yeah. cruel truths like they're, they're funny if you think about like you know but it's um but yeah but yeah he but i mean he himself is pretty funny though yo like, he's, he's hilarious just, like Keith Ledger all day, even that. Like he, it's it's funny. Even his plans, you if you can really look at it, it's kind of set up like a joke. Like the punch, like he gets out and it's it's the punchline. And it's just like, 
what do you mean he didn't plan it? Like, people still get to the fact that he says he didn't plan anything, that everything is chaotic. I'm like, fam, well, that's why that, he beats that's Batman. That's the problem that people have <laughs> with Nolan's movies that I think they miss the point. They assume because somebody says something that that's oh. what the movie is saying. Yeah. And it's like, no, there's actually a whole bunch of other shit going on. You're just not paying attention to it because you're – and that goes back to the whole thing from The Prestige. It's like you put people's eyes over here on the thing they think they're supposed to be looking at. They're not looking at what's really going on. And like, I don't know how you can see the Dark Knight multiple times and still think everything the Joker said or our character says is true or like what we're supposed to be focusing on. Um, it's pretty obvious. Like, there's more going on. Yeah, like even when you get to the end, and it's like Batman has him, and he's just like, yo, I like, I can't kill. Like, he's like, yo, I, we, yo, we can do this forever. Like he, like he truthfully enjoys this whole thing with Batman. And then you get to the point where Batman thinks it's kind of over the boats and blow up. And he's like, yo, uh, yeah, your boy Harvey, though. Uh, it's just like, and then you get to the point, you get this whole thing with Harvey. It's just like, yo, Joker. Well, I think that's like one of the keys to the movie, too, and understanding Batman. Like, Batman, I mean, above all you've seen, he, he's not a cynical person. Like, he really doesn't think. Like, and he gets rewarded with the boat thing and that, like, he really doesn't think that citizens will kill each other. Um, and like that scene itself is like a really interesting questioning of like democracy, uh, because it's look how fast people are like to blow people up when like they don't have to put their finger on the trigger. Like, like both boats, I'm sure would have voted to blow up the other one. Mm -hmm. But the second you give that, put that in somebody's hands, it's a whole different ball game. And it's like the things people off, like it goes back to Joker says, like it's the awful things people don't mind happening. Like if it's a part of the plan or it doesn't affect them personally. It's like the second though it affects them and they and like the, the the moral is on their head, they won't probably go through with it. And like people aren't taking personal accountability sometimes for the actions that like you know I mean you well, you can't take personal accountability for the actions like your government takes and stuff, but you can be complicit in bad things without really you know without any kind of sweat off your back about it. And like in that moment, it's like it really kind of questions the idea of like well. Like, how effective is this when, like, people have no personal stake in the decisions made about other people? Um, and it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of maybe people think it's a little loaded to be thrown in a superhero movie, but it's an interesting thing. At least that's always what I took that scene to be about. Yeah. Like, it's a whole different ballgame when the power is in your hands. And, like, you have it. And it's like, and I don't think people think about that enough sometimes. Yeah, like, sometimes the, the choices that are made, sometimes the choices that are made for you by the people you put in power. Like, people well, even like the thing you're saying, like, oh, they're just a bunch of prisoners on that boat, and like they had their two cares about them. Yeah. It's like, well, one of those you don't know, you don't know their situations, you don't know why people are there, you don't like, you don't, you know, maybe maybe they made a mistake, and now they're, you know, but it's like the only guy who had the balls to like stand up to this and point out the hypocrisy of everybody else was a prisoner, and he went and said like, no, I'm not going to do this, and that's what's that 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 one event is what inspires everybody else to not go through with it. Cause they're like, well, he didn't, they didn't blow us up. So it's just wrong to do this. And like, that ends it. But I'm just saying like, that's like that scene. I, I said like, that's a lot. It's, it's a lot for a fucking, a superhero movie to have on its shoulders. But I think the fact that the movie has that happen just like in its third act, like well, all this action <laughs> is going on around it. I'm like, it just says something. Like, there's something about this movie that it's built in a certain way that is holding everything like Batman. Like it's whatever you put on it. It kind of just, takes it in and it works 
Like, imagine on paper if somebody told you, like, this is going to be in the finale of the biggest Batman movie of all time. You'd probably be like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd, put, I don't know if I'd go with that. <laughs> but it works, man. It fucking works. I've seen it a million times. It never – it's never a moment where I'm like, this is a bad choice. or something. I'm always like, this works. This is great. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, it's still – it's still my – well, I still think it's the best superhero film ever made. It's the best one based on an established character. I'd probably say RoboCop is the best superhero movie. Um, this is probably yeah, like, you know, yeah, because I don't really consider him a superhero, but yeah, yeah, I just like he is. Yeah, in a lot of ways, he is a superhero. He is the tragic. And I think that movie also too is that's like, a beautifully uh, cynical. That that movie is a beautiful, like yo, eight those eighties action movies were saying something about our culture that oh, that is gone now. <laughs> like I don't know, they would just let them do anything in the eighties, bro. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, like I really like Cope Robocop a lot. But like I think that's also like a forebearer to this movie. Like I think that movie this is a movie from like uh, it's the first uh, superhero themed movie I've seen since then that got that dealt into those kind of topics in any serious way since then. Um and there is a bit of satire in The Dark Knight too. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a, like it is kind of like you're saying there is a joke at some of these things expense like you know like things so it's like it does have that I don't it's not it's obviously not R rated or whatever, but it is pretty. It is pretty heavy for what it is, um, you know. And it, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh yeah, we haven't talked about we haven't talked about Harvey Dent and Aaron Eckhart's performance as Dent much yet. But um, he's he's really like his character has become a lot more interesting to me over time, um, especially in light of the fact that like I think there was. I remember people saying to like his turn at the end, like, Oh, it comes out of nowhere. I'm like, it really doesn't. Especially when you really watch this movie, like there's a lot of signs early on that Harvey isn't what they're saying he is. And like, I think people say, Oh, he's saying he's the white knight. I'm like, yeah, they keep saying that. It doesn't mean he actually was like, it's, Oh God. No, I was like, it's also this entire thing is he's like, we know that there's crooked police officers and he was an IA and his job was to go against the police. So the police officers already do- don't trust the district attorney. So I think that was that's it. That's a. Oh, that's one thing I noticed that I never noticed before, and I watched it. Just how fucking Harvey Dent was like the king of pettiness. Oh, beautiful, <laughs> is bro! The scene, is, the, is the scene where he first meets Gordon, and he doesn't get him a chair. Nope. <laughs> And you see just Gordon looking around the room like, is this motherfucker really not going to get me a chair? And it's like one of the funniest fucking things that I never noticed it until I just watched it now. (laughs) And he has to go out like pull a chair out from like under another desk and like bring it over. It's fucking funny as shit. (laughs) He's super petty in the whole, whole, like that's why I like it because almost at the end like Joker pushes him through revenge and vengeance but it's like. It also plays on his natural pettiness because it's like when he goes after the police officers, it's like, like it's super petty. Like he just sneaks up on him and be like, hey, yo, what's going on? Oh, how you doing? Oh, you look at my face. Oh, you, you look at my, oh, okay. Yeah, you know my face is like this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You drove me to the wrong spot, didn't you? Mm-hmm, yeah. Sorry, I'm gonna take this coin right here. I'm gonna flip it. <laughs> like, like, well, even like yeah. the one with, with uh, Maroney. And he's uh, like, you know, when he's like, oh, I thought you said I was good. Like, oh, you are, but not your driver. Boom. Wow. It's like, just a shitty thing to do. Like, you give this guy, like, all this hope for the minute that he's going to live. <laughs> he just buckles up. Because it's just like, 
like somehow it's just like my rage is gonna keep me alive, so whatever. <laughs> but there's hints though early on that like, and I think maybe maybe people just didn't pick up on them. But like, there's hints that like Dent isn't quite what he seems to be. Like early on, like he talks about like pulling strings to get like seats at restaurants and stuff, and like using his power as like 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 you know he's not as like you know he's not as true blue as you think. Like he's taken yeah. the like he's he's taken the um the perks that come along with the job. And like the fact he's dating like his subordinate and like things like things like that that are a little like I guess now I just seem a little questionable. I mean, it didn't bother me at the time, but, but it's like it's just another thing of just like okay, that's another layer there possibly. Yeah. People are um, questionable. Also, though. like when he has that conversation, like the big one actually, it's like when he has a conversation with Bruce Wayne at the at the at the restaurant, and he's like, you know, and he talks about how much he like admires Caesar. Like it's like that's kind of a side. Like oh, maybe this guy wasn't like like maybe this guy wasn't what we thought he was. <laughs> Like, I never see people bring that up, but I'm like, that right there tells you, like, this guy has a very skewed version of, like, history and percent, like, you know, that he, like, again, that line, the, the fucking line, I guess nothing has become more fucking, um, prescient, I think, than that line, uh, you know, the, you either die a hero or live long well, enough to be the villain, bro. Villain. Like, if there's any story about the next 10 years, <laughs> <laughs> it's that one. Um, but there's a couple, like, there's, even, like, I know that there was, um, I actually, I, this is how much, like, I obsessively, like, how much did you obsessively follow about the making of this movie, or did you just go in cold? Nah, nah, I was watching, remember how they had, like, the little news joints with Anthony Michael Hall? Well, that's the thing, I think it, this had the first, I guess this was the, remember, this was one of the first times I remember hearing the term, like, viral. Yeah, campaign. yo. And, like, if you really look at that, it's probably one of the best, if not the best, of these, like, in the modern era, like, where they really used every asset available to like promote this movie. Um, and I remember that game, like I was playing that game. Remember there was hints, like you get, they would show you like a scene of the movie. If you did this thing. And like, there was, like you said, there was all those, um, like additional clips. It's not like the, the Blu-ray and stuff you can watch. It's like hours of the things they shot, like of interviews with minor characters in the movie. Cause I remember like when I remember watching those and then like when I saw it, like you would see little references to like this other politician that, um, Dent was going up against or something like that. I remember that that was a, uh, they had, I think actually they got the guy from RoboCop. Maybe it was Ronnie Coxon to play the guy in the fucking ads or whatever, which is pretty funny. Um, and, uh, you know, had like the gate, like, I remember just fun, but I, I was so obsessed with this movie that I actually tried to audition for a small role in it. Wow. <laughs> they wow, actually you in me. it. They actually sent me sides and shit like that. So I had these sides. And some of those actually wound up being scenes in the movie. Um, one of them, though, and I'm not sure if this was a fake out or they rewrote this. Um, but the the scene, um, I guess it was to this was this was a sides to audition for um, the character that David uh, Dostroman, I guess, is the actor's name. Um, the uh, guy who's Thomas Schiff, the, the paranoid schizophrenic guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, on those sides, that was a much more extreme scene, and apparently initially, or it was a fake out, like they weren't gonna, or they shot it. But I'd heard this too that they shot any scene involving Harvey Dent, they shot like five or six different ways. Mm. And this scene that I had, like he literally shot the guy like in the knees. He tortured and, him, right? Yeah, yeah tortured him. So it was like, and I remember being like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "What's this like?" I was like, "This is like a pretty hardcore scene, or whatever." Now, I don't know if that was just a fake out side, like they put out there to be like, "Yeah, this could be a scene." But all the other sides that I had ended up in the movie, like exactly as they were. So I wonder if that's a version they shot, maybe with never the intention of putting it in, but just as a thing to be like, "Okay, we'll show like you know, 
maybe they were trying to decide how far they wanted to show Harvey going before the turn. Yeah. Um, but the scene they went with, I mean, is still pretty damning. Um, I mean, I guess he does have the trick coin and shit, but it is a pretty, like, it's just showing, like, okay, this guy is not as true blue as you think. Like, there's a much darker side to this guy. Um, but I was like, initially, I think the script was going to push that much further, and they kind of cut back on that. They pulled back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, like, the build-up, because I didn't, I didn't play the, like, the whatever, like, the little, like, alternate reality game that back then it became kind of like a thing because i they also did it with like lost back then like you put all these pieces well, like cloverfield cloverfield, cloverfield and dark knight one were, yeah, were yeah. happening concurrently and they're probably still the two best examples of somebody pulling those things off and um but i remember like you could watch the the stuff for the dark knight with anthony michael hall like on demand like each week they would have like a new like episode of the show and i was watching it and I was like, oh, this joint going to be hype. And I remember <laughs> when the first image of Heath Ledger's The Joker came out and everybody was hating. Well, it was in that game. It was like a bad yeah. – they had to – like that image. Just, oh, it was like bro. a little piece of the image came each time. Bro. Like you, each, each level you got through or whatever. I was in. As soon as I saw that face, I was like, this is going to be amazing. Like I was I was in it. And then like the Gotham – the Gotham uh, Night came out, the anime, that was basically the animatrix, but for Batman, it was showing you, like, all the different stuff that happens in between that year of Batman Begins before the Dark Knight, and I was like, oh, man, they really setting up the gangsters, because that's, like, if you watch the movie, like, the, the gangsters are just there, but if you watch that, you already have, like, a built-in, like, idea of what, how each of the gangsters are, and how they react off of each other, it's like... Like yeah, that was the best. That was the best build up. Like, look at the trailers. Like, uh, you remember like the teaser trailer? Like they just showed the Joker and he's had a laugh. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was all they gave you. It was just like it, there was no actual scene from the movie. It was just it was just the um like the monologue. Yeah. It was just him being like you know like I I knew the mob wouldn't go down without a fight, but like this is different. And like it's a Michael Caine thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, like the yeah, they had the bat logo breaking very steadily as it was going along and then when he says like some men just want to watch the world burn like it broke and like a joke a piece of a joker card came and you just heard the joker's laugh and it was like dark knight next time i think i watched that like a thousand times i was like holy shit early youtube just be like like, i went to see movies just because i knew that was in front of it and i wanted just to see it like in a theater i'm gonna go maybe there's like something i'm not seeing you know like maybe there's like a some like you know subliminal scene in the background and then when they dropped like the fucking the, the for real like trailer Mm. Like, do you remember that man that was like the like i was like what the fuck man this movie's gonna be like the sound was crazy that's <laughs> what i remember the most because like the sound like i'm like dang like oh this is gonna be boom and like you you seeing like batman on the on a motorcycle and it's like what what well, is remember, going it was on that, it was that trailer and then there was a second trailer too like that was actually pretty fucking cool i remember i actually got to see I remember I went to New York Comic Con, like 2008, um, and I went to like the Warner Brothers. This is like this is still pretty quaint. Like yeah. they didn't have many movie things at the con yet, um, and the big thing was like um, I guess in Chicago they, they literally did one panel. This is crazy. They, they did one panel on the movie anywhere, and it was at the Chicago Comic Con. Yeah, and they had the whole cast, and Nolan was there and stuff, and they showed um, like a like a teaser of footage. Um, which I have. I mean, they, they put it out when they put the, I think when they put Batman Begins out on Blu-ray, it came with a separate disc 
that had this this um, little featurette thing they showed. Um, and it was just a barrage of footage. Like I don't think it even had any audio. It was just a whole bunch of clips. They hadn't even cut any footage yet. So this was like the first time they were showing anybody anything. Um, and then I remember at New York Con, which was – that was when it used to be in like April back then, right? It was early. It was like – it was yeah, like April or May or late, something like that. It was like late winter because one no, year the, they did it – late winter the next year. In 2009 is when it became winter. No, I mean, um, I wait, wait, one time they did it in February. So, yeah, that was 09. Was okay, 09. so yeah, it was like, yeah, springtime. It was weird back then. It was all over the back, back, back then. But I remember it was like April or May, somewhere around there. I remember, I think we hung out at that con, actually. I think so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't think you came, because you were at your table. So you I was at my go. table, I didn't go to the panel. I was but, like... but, I, but I remember it was just, a, they were just, they didn't say anybody was going to be there. It was nothing like that. It was just like a, it was just a uh, Warner Brothers panel. And I think Paul Levitz hosted it. And he came out and he said he just and he, they were showing like um, I don't know they were showing a couple things like DC Comics related or whatever. And then um, Paul Levitz came out and he gave a speech about like oh you know like um, like he's like I've just you know, I've seen early version of the movie it's amazing or whatever. And then he said okay this I got we got something special for you guys whatever. And they showed that second trailer, which is it started off with. Um, like with Batman standing on the building mm-hmm. in, like, in China or whatever. And he like, and he jumps off and like that. And it just started. And then it had other, cause I was so, like, I, you remember the time we were just Jones in for like anything, a Peace. fucking picture. I remember I had pictures like of on set fucking photography. Like I remember like, I was like anything I could get. Like I remember I was making friends with people in Chicago. I like, like, Hey man, <laughs> you get me a picture like set for this. Like I was like, I was insane. And I remember when they showed um. Because I remember the first trailer had a lot of joke, the Joker like talking and stuff, but it didn't have a lot of footage of him. And I think the second one had a lot of footage. And I think that was where they finally teased the shot of Two Face, where he had the gun up against his head and shit. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, and I remember, I remember the audience, like the the fucking applause, like that this trailer got. I remember it was out of control, and they were supposed to move on with the panel, and they were like, "I think we got to show it again." <laughs> So they showed the trailer a second time, whatever. And then I remember, like, being like, I was just like, holy shit. This, I remember, like, me and my friend John were there. We're just like, this is going to be insane. Like, I can't wait for this fucking movie. And then it was just like, I remember steadily. I mean, they had, they had like, a Domino's pizza, like, promotion, right? And, like, what was the – I can't remember, like, all the – I remember there was a thing there, too. You can get, like, a Gotham – like, a Gotham – like, a replica of, like, the the newspaper yeah. that they showed in the movie. I remember that was – they were giving that away and, like – um. Who like? I'm trying to remember who had somebody. I no, I don't think they did toy promotions or anything with that, right? Like in tie-in to like. Uh, uh, I, shoot, I, don't I remember they did for Batman Begins, and it was like a KFC or something like that. Yeah, it was whack. <laughs> it was like after that they figured out. I was like, yo, this movie really isn't like the toy movie. <laughs> like, mm. I remember they did put out a line of toys. I remember I went to buy. I got a Joker figure that looked more like a Bruce Tim joker mm-hmm. then like i remember that was like one of the first toys like they released um and, but they were they're actually those toys the, the joker figure in particular i remember being pretty hard to find um we so see yeah, there was a toy there was toy there was promotion but I, I just remember like the lead up to that movie was insane like i've still never seen anything like that before i mean people go nuts so, i get maybe if that, maybe i'm wrong though like maybe i'm just um like because i'm not following any of this stuff anymore so maybe i don't maybe it's crazier than it's ever been no but like no, the internet's in a different place. Remember, like, at this point, Twitter was, like, six months old, maybe, a year. People wasn't using Twitter, but, like, tech nerds. Uh, there was no Instagram. 
Facebook didn't look like we barely just had the wall back then. YouTube was completely was like was not the YouTube we think of now. Yeah, we Twitter was, didn't launch until I think after the movie like, come out. No, nah, it was out night. before. It was out before. Oh, but it but wasn't a lot of people on there. It was only tech nerds. So it's just like this was to the point where I say like I watched the Gotham Tonight stuff on cable on on demand. So if you wanted to see something special, you were like you're not going to go to your computer. And throw up YouTube just to watch it. Like, you were still looking for, like, posters, Entertainment Tonight, E Still Mattered. Like, you look at the websites, you saw message like, boards. Like, 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 all the entertainment shows would just show the trailer on their show to get, like, more viewers. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, on the Ellen show or something, they showed, like, the trailer for, like, no reason. Like, it was just, like, they just kept, like... It was it was anything. Like, you put the Dark Knight related something in your show, like people like me were just gonna tune in to see if there was something new I hadn't seen before. Yeah, it was a di- it was a, it was a completely different. Well, time. I think I remember there's an interview with Wally Fister where he talks about like how the whole entertainment media changed between like Dark Knight and Rises. Yes. He says like when like then Dark Knight was coming out like. People just wanted to see things. Like they just, and he's like, I can understand that. Like I can understand fans that like just want to see things. Like, like, like they're just, they're so passionate about it, they want to see it. But he's like, somewhere between that and like when Rises had come out, there had been like a very um, cynical element to it, where like people were trying to like you know there was like we have to get this thing on our site to get clicks and get money, yeah. and like people were like, and he's like, and he was like that that was different. Like he's like that wasn't quite. Like, it wasn't coming from a fan, per se. He's like, I get if somebody, like, is a fan of something and they want to see something. But it was, like, it was a very different thing. And, like, it, it kind of transformed in between those movies. And it's gotten only way worse since then. Um, but, like, I remember that, too. Like, there was a whole, this whole industry kind of now propped up just to, like, shit talk early set photos and things like that. Like, back then, people were just happy to see whatever they can see. Like, yeah. I'm sure there were fucking, there was definitely people talking shit. But, like, it wasn't. You know, it was that little people were just like happy to be a part of it, like to be like, I just want to see things, like I just want to see the movie because I'm so enthusiastic about this movie. Yeah, like I'm so enthusiastic out, about Batman, I just want to see what they're doing. You find out they're like, oh, they're shooting in Chicago, and then you like, you try to find everybody online, you know, from Chicago. It's like, oh, did you walk past the set? Did you do this? <laughs> like all these things that people weren't like. It wasn't super easy to get pictures texted to everybody. Well, I remember like, it begins. <laughs> they had shot part of that in New York. And yeah. I remember a friend of mine being like, uh, you know, he was like across the street from like the building they were shooting. And he was like, oh, I know you're a big Batman guy. I thought you'd be interested. <laughs> but like it wasn't it wasn't the hysteria. Like people were just like people were cautiously optimistic about Batman Begins. They're like, oh, let's see. Like interesting director choice, like interesting direction. But like people have been burned on Batman so much by that point that they were just like, all right, let's wait and see. And then, like, as the movie had come out, and especially when it hit video, then it had become, like, a phenomenon. But, like, this movie was something different. And there was so much – and then when, like, Ledger, unfortunately, had passed away and stuff, like, that really did yeah. also add, like, another legend on top of it. Of just, like, okay, like, this movie is so good. Like, the guy in it is not even alive. Yeah. Like, before this thing is coming out. Like, and that – I mean, that kind of haunted, like, The Crow, I remember when I was a kid, like – because there was an idea of, like, well, this guy died on set. Like, I can't wait to see this movie. It was just kind of morbid and shitty. But, like, I do remember it added – because, like, remember um, – did you see, like, when they put um, the opening footage was in front of, like, I Am Legend? Did you go to see that? I did for that yeah. purpose. <laughs> that was in good. IMAX. The, the second <laughs> half of that movie is not so good. But the, the first yeah. half started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Um, but like, I remember me and my friend like went to see that and it was nuts. And like, and, and we were just like, this is fucking crazy. Cause like not a lot of people c- c- went to see like, cause you know, there's only, was only so many IMAX theaters and like, well still it was only a handful of actual Real IMAX IMAX theaters. Yeah. And I remember being like, if you were lucky enough to go, like you were like the fucking, it was like in fucking 300, like the campfire story. And you're just <laughs> telling everybody like, Oh man, it's amazing. Like he's, he's there. They have these clown man. And like, I remember like a couple people had seen me then i remember somebody had like snuck in a fucking camera and there was like a really shitty version of it on like an early like in the early days of youtube you can see and that was like back before like i don't think the warner brothers or companies cared that like they didn't really care that much about what was going on on the internet they didn't even know probably yeah so like they didn't take it down so i remember we would just rewatch that fucking opening like over and over and over again like leading up to the movie and then i remember um I remember when we went to like the opening night, I remember there was um like a bunch of my friends had only seen it on the computer, like in that. And then like when they saw the huge fucking sk- I remember my one friend was like, holy shit, like right when it started, he had never seen an image that big before. And it was just it was really something else. Like, I, again, it, I know we just probably sound like a bunch of old people like, oh, remember back in my day. But it's like I really can't express to anybody that wasn't around the time like how different this was. Like, I'll drop this on myself. I remember that when I first saw this movie, I went home and I downloaded a cam. Well, I didn't even get a cam. I lucked up on getting, like, an editor's copy that somehow leaked on the internet. And I watched that shit, like, every day. And then I was still like, yo, who trying to go? Oh, it's going to be IMAX to, like, this weekend. Like, who trying to go? And I still went to go see. Like, I paid for that movie more times than I should have because I wasn't I was not well, doing it well was financially that, like, but I remember like well I never am but I still I still pay obscene amounts of money to see movies. but yeah I'm like I'm uh, sitting there but going I remember it. it was like that was one of those like you went to see it with every friend you had yeah family. like if there was an excuse to go see it again you took it because I remember like I saw it I saw it opening night and that was insane and I remember, like, I went back on Friday, saw it, like, in the regular theater. Then I took my sister and her husband on, like, Saturday to see it again. And then, like, I remember I took my mom and dad to see it in the IMAX, like, during the week, like, in the afternoon. It was still fucking sold out. It was still packed to the gills. And, like, anytime any friend of mine, like, oh, somebody was like, oh, man, I haven't seen it yet. I'm like, oh, you want to go? <laughs> like, any go. excuse <laughs> I had to go. I remember even my whole friends that I went the first night, we went just to see it in a regular theater again, like, three weeks later. And it was still packed. Like, it, it didn't let up at all. Um, and I remember even going in the fall. And, like, it was one, like, I never got an argument from anybody, too. Like, oh, yeah, let's see. Oh, aren't we seeing this too many times? It was just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> all right, let's go. Like, like yeah. It, it was amazing because I think that's probably, like, around the last time movies would stay in longer than, like, two weeks. And, like, yeah, you weren't just assuming the movie would be out to own in a couple of months. It was like, oh, they might hold this, like, a long time. Cause, like, the Blu-ray like, took forever to come out. Well, it came out around Christmas time. Right? It felt like it felt oh, like an eternity. <laughs> like I was like, "What is this? I need this." I gotta see if I still. Cause I, there was a recent quote from um, Michael Jai White, I think, who said, "Like you know, originally he had a bigger part in the movie, and they changed it." And I'm like, I have the original script somewhere, and like I just don't happen to remember him having a bigger role in it, but, like, I'll take his word for it if he said that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he was supposed to die as quickly. I think maybe he probably had, like, five more minutes, maybe, but, <laughs> like, like, he died pretty quick. Like, <laughs> like, but I, I can see that, like, if he, like, 
he's really probably on screen. Let's say what two and a half minutes max, maybe. But like, if he was supposed to get five minutes, I could see like I was supposed to be in there a lot longer. Like that's probably true. But like it is like hey. It is what it is. Well, it is always, that always, that scene always did kind of feel like an odd edit. Like there was a little bit more we didn't like that was supposed to be there, um, and then he is just like gone from the movie. So I am kind of curious what you know. I don't know. I'll look. I'll, maybe I'll find. I'll see if I can find because I I know the the script that they put up for the Oscar season. They put it out online. Like you could download it. But I think that was like it seemed to be changed to reflect the movie that was done. I. I I'll see, because like I said, I had sides that were very different than what was in the movie for a couple of scenes. I'm like, it's possible that like it was a bit of a different movie they went in to shoot, but like mm-hmm. I don't know. Most I know it's like a, like there's a scene or two like that I know like were in it that they didn't use. Like I know there's a scene at the end of the um uh was it the one you know like people also point out it's a plot hole all the time. Uh, the scene where um you know the Joker goes into like the fundraiser. Yeah. And you know, like, it just ends with like you know Batman sees Rachel and then it cuts to the next scene. People are like, well, what happened with the Joker? And it's like, well, it's clear he, he left. Just, the thing is, <laughs> I'm like, apparently there was a scene that showed them leave, and they were oh. like, well, why are you leaving? And then he says, like, trust me, like it's part of the plan or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can see why they cut that. But I'm like, you don't need it. It's like I don't understand how you guys don't understand. Like there's like a, a whole thing. Like that's the moment the Joker really becomes fascinated with Batman in a different way. Yeah. Batman's not in the room. He doesn't give a shit. Like, so he left. Like, yeah. it's not about – he's not – Joker is not someone who's just going to go terrorize people for no reason. Like, it's like, oh, if Batman is gone, he's like, okay. And then he gets like, oh, he just jumped He jumped out after her. He cares that much, huh? Yeah. All right. There's something gonna there. He's going to tweak that plan now. And that's what he leaves. So it's like – it made sense to me at the time. But, like, you still hear people like, this is ridiculous. He just left the whole room of people or whatever after. I'm like yeah, – I don't know. I'm saying, like, I think it thematically it works. Like, I don't know why – I don't know why people need that explained, but whatever. They need everything explained because if you don't <laughs> see it, it didn't happen or they don't understand why. They need to be force-fed. Like, it's the whole thing. Like, if there's no one around, if a tree falls and no one's around, does it make a sound? Logic is, yes, it makes a fucking sound. But people are like, I wasn't there. I don't know. I ain't see it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right. There you go. That's where we are. Tune in tomorrow, same bat time.